Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Natural Running Network. My name is Richard Diaz, and I'll be your host. What I hope to do is introduce you to some amazing athletes, luminaries from the sports science community, and as come to be expected, I'll also provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sport and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. So sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. All right, all right, here we go. We are doing a show that is out of color for us. We never do shows live anymore. Haven't done it in a long time. And uh, for those of you that are wondering why, it's because I want to make sure the quality of the audio is entertaining enough for you that everybody's good with it and um, you don't hang up on me because you're tired of all the clatter and all the crap. But we thought it would be really fun at the new year to bring on an open mic and bring people on that have questions and all that kind of stuff. So we are going to get started. And uh, I have my wingman. He's, I think he's in the green room right now. Um, I'm back. Yeah. No, he's back. All right. There's my wingman. Miguel Medina is with me here. What's, uh, what's the term we use for you again? The Hunting Dog Supreme or something like that? Bird Dog Supreme. Bird Dog Supreme. He's going to be busy because we're getting all kinds of folks that are uh, starting to proliferate into our green room. And um, let's, wow, look at them. They're just lighting up. So the focus Lighten of the up. show, yeah, the focus of the show is we want to hear from you. We want to know what is it that you're going to do different? What is it that you're going to do to improve your experience in your OCR racing, trail racing? Hey, if you're just trying to lose some weight, I don't care. I want to hear what your New Year's resolutions are. And uh, we've got some people that are, like, loading up here, so we're going to get on to business real quick. Any thoughts? All right, I we got – Go ahead. Alan, Alan Lewis from Houston, Texas is your, is your number one. So you go ahead and pull him out of the green room, and I'll stay, take, start taking care of everybody else. All righty. All right. Hello, Alan. Hey there. How are you? Doing great. Is this Rich? Yeah. Doing oh, okay. Happy? Heard you a little distant there, so I just wasn't 100%. Oh, yeah. It's me. Can Good you, to hear, you, can you hear me very well? I can hear you now loud and clear. Okay, cool. <laughs> so what was the question? Uh, so... I'm curious about what might be the culprit behind my slowed metabolism. Um, as you know, we did that RMR assessment a couple of weeks ago, and um, I've been wondering, you know, what might have caused that uh, to show up. You know, I showed up at 16% uh, slower in terms of my metabolism compared to um, the average for my height, build, and, and age. Well, I got to tell you, that's a big question, and it's difficult to point to any particular culprit. Could be a series of things that you're doing. Uh, I just don't, to be honest with you, I just really don't know. I, I think it is what it is. If we start to monitor your feeding strategies and the work you do over a period of time, and knowing 
what your metabolism metabolism was dictating to us, then mm-hmm. we could start looking at some corrections and seeing if, in fact, we're seeing some improvements. But to be honest with you, it's a tough question. It's a tough question. Well, I'll have to be honest with you. Um, and full disclosure here, I, I didn't say this when we did the assessment, but, um, you know, I wasn't super consistent with my training regime um, leading up to that. And the month before, I guess, sort of postseason, kind of fell into this, um, weird gap where I'd be putting so much extra time into work, wouldn't be able to keep up with, you know, consistent, you know, four to five days, maybe more of training, despite my eating be the same. So do you think that might have been a I don't, contributing factor? I don't think that, no, I don't. I don't think that's enough oh. influence to, to create that type of problem. I really don't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, look, well, I'm going to leave I'll you on a live that. mic. I'm going to leave you on a live okay. mic. i got a bunch of people calling in. So you can hear okay. and, and maybe participate in the conversation, but I, I think you know this guy. Let's give him a live mic. Hold on. Uh-oh. Mr. Gifford. What's going on, Rich? How are you? I've got Alan Lewis been? still on the line. Hey, Alan, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Benny? Nothing much. Just freezing my buns off in negative five-degree weather. Gotcha, North Texas. <laughs> yeah. So, Benny, <laughs> drop it on me. What, Benny, the news? Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. So, big news. Everybody in the entire world, nobody knows this yet, except for four other people. Um, Spartan Ultimate Team Challenge is gearing up for Season 2. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, Freaking punk. I, I just got a call from... No, you didn't, Rick. <laughs> I just I just got a call from uh, one of the casting directors and uh he uh said get your team ready because we're going to be firing up for season 2. He said filming will be around April. I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. He didn't tell me I couldn't tell anybody, so I don't think I'll get in trouble, but um so the casting website should be up this weekend. So people Start getting your submission videos ready. Uh, if you need tips on how the hell to get on the show or how to angle your 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 video to be more appealing, uh, hit me up. Let me know. I'm kind of a boss of that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, people start getting ready. Look at that. No, I did Jeez. know that. I, I, I didn't did know, know that, that they were starting. I didn't know they were going to start shooting in April, but I did know they were going to do season two. Oh, okay, okay, but but like like for sure, or you were just looking at the ratings and being like, yeah, those are really good ratings. Of course, they're not. A, a little bird told me. Oh, do you do you have a name for that bird? <laughs> yeah, what I'm going to give it up on the air, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. No, I'm going to hang on to it. All right, look at I'm going to let you guys stay on. Now realize I'm, it's going to get crowded in here, so let's not trip over each other. But I'm going to leave you all in here, so if you feel like you want to chime in, you can. Just try not to be rude. Hold on. Here we go. Trying to get the next caller in here. Hey, Jeff. You there, Jeff? Jeff. Sorry, I had you muted. How you doing, Rich? You muted me. Sorry. I guess (laughs) I was muted by default. You call in and muted me. How are you, Jeff? I'm good. Yourself? Uh, you know what? If I was any better, I'd have to be twins. <laughs> That's a great answer. 
Hey, we got a crowded room. I'm just going to let you know right now. I've got Benny Gifford on, and I've got Alan Lewis on, and um, I've got some people that are loading up. So give us a shout. Tell us what's going on for you in the new year. Uh, you know, like everybody trying to get, uh, you know, better, faster, stronger, uh, kind of move up the ranks. You know, for me, I'm one of the old guys, so I'm trying to rank myself against the master's groups and, uh, you know, see if I can inch my way closer to, towards one of those podiums. Um, you know, so I think one of the keys for me this year is kind of working on transitions between obstacles and running. I'm not the fastest runner, but I'm getting faster. And, you know, I've definitely noticed, uh, you know, where I tend to struggle is kind of, you know, getting onto an obstacle without wasting time and getting off an obstacle, getting right back into the running without wasting time. And, you know, you've, I came to your clinic in Dallas, and we talked about that, so something I'm intently working on. So how's it going? Yeah, so far so So far so good? Yep. You getting faster? Hello? Uh-oh, someone might have dropped off. What the off. heck is that? I think someone dropped. Wait, you still there? Uh, we lost, lost Jeff. All right, let's go get wow. Mindy. That's all right. All right we'll get him Mindy He'll in. call back. Yeah. Mindy, Hi, welcome Mindy. back. Hello. I'm here. Hi, Mindy. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing okay. i got a room full of guys here. I'm glad to get a woman in the room. <laughs> good. Me too. <laughs> so what's cooking, Mindy? variety. So and my question for you is how fast can I expect to get? So um, I've only been working with you for a couple months. I'm trying for my Spartan trifecta this year. And, I mean, I would like to break a seven-minute mile at some point, but I don't know if that's in the cards for me. Um, Right now my aerobic pace seems to be around, like, 9.15. And and during my my, um, time trials, when I can go as fast as I want, it's still only about 8.30. But I'm wondering, like, Will I get faster? How long will it take? Or is certain body types, is this as good as it gets for me? I don't know. Well, let, let's do this, Mindy. Since I've got, like, a couple other people in the room here that I've worked with, let's just hmm. let them give you an opinion on what transpired for them and what, what you can hope to expect. And, and then, you know, based on what all I hear, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my two cents. Who wants to take it? I like it. Who wants to take it? I'll take it. This is Benny Gifford. I was going to say, I'm surprised Benny's not speaking up. No, no, no. I, I had to take you off. I, I had you guys on mute, so there wasn't much noise from my end, so I had to take it off. Um, well, I uh, I was a terrible freaking runner before I went and saw Rich, and I didn't even know it. Um, I was uh, – I actually remember the numbers. Uh, he put me on the treadmill, and I uh, said, just run without adjusting my form and stuff. And I was running – at uh, my heart rate was like 161 or something, which for me is like kind of tempo pace, and I was running at eight miles per hour. Uh, after adjusting my stride and my foot strike and all this different stuff, and my my arm swing and my hips and like everything that goes into it, um, I was dropping my heart rate down. Uh, it, it went down to like 157, so like not a ton, but I was running at nine miles per hour. So that was just with one session. That was, I mean, obviously there's tons of factors that go into it that can change, but literally you can, I think anybody is capable of running under a seven minute mile. It just depends on how dedicated you are to getting it. And if you get your form down flawless, everything is just going to get like the things that you thought you would be able to do are going to get so much easier and bigger 
and so much faster. You're not going to be beating the crap out of yourself. You're not going to have to take time out of your training schedule because you're injured, because you were running wrong. I definitely think you can get under a seven-minute mile, and that's with me not even knowing who you are or where you're at right now. Well, that's good to know because I've been like uh, I've been working out for ever for like I don't know since I was it's been like 20 years you know and I just started running a couple years ago, but um, I'm like I feel like I should be faster than this. But I did start working with Richard recently on my running form. So I think my body's trying to learn that kind of a new way, maybe. Yeah. The the last thing I would say before I'll stop talking is um, practice doesn't make permanent or perfect. Practice makes permanent. So even if you've been going for 20 years, um, you've been doing, I don't want to say the same thing, but you haven't learned. Um, I'm lucky I, I found it at 24, I think, was when Rich taught me. Uh, but uh, – you learn something completely new and suddenly you have so many more plateaus you can bust through uh, because you're coming from a totally different angle. Right. And I mean, I guess I I should say I haven't been running for 20 years. I've been, you know, I started with step aerobics and I've done the P90X thing and I've done, I've like ADHD when it comes to the workout room. I have, I'm like always changing, but the past couple of years, I would say I started running. And like I said, only recently with, probably what could maybe be considered kind of good form. <laughs> I would like to see Richard in person sometime, hopefully this year, so that he can, you know, beat me up in that secret room I keep hearing about. Yeah. Well, even if you don't make it to a secret lab, one of his clinics is where I learned. I've actually never been to Richard's secret lab. I had a whole trip planned out there, ended up not working out from my side. But even if you just get to his clinics, it'll be so worth it. And then, sorry, actually, one more thing. Working out almost doesn't even matter with your running. As it doesn't matter what you're doing. As long as your aerobic capacity um, is being developed, no matter what you're doing, rowing, running, cycling, swimming, doesn't matter. Um, it's not like muscles where you can just go to the gym, you can get results from just pumping weights, and you get strong really fast. Aerobic capacity, you just have to pound and pound and pound in, a, in that endurance zone forever. Like, you, you just stay in that zone, you just keep developing it, and it just comes. You can't get it really quick. Running just takes time to develop. So don't expect the same, like, quick, quick, quick results you get from muscle growth and, and results. Um, don't expect that the same way that you do with running. Yeah. Okay. I'd love to chime in We're not that too, Benny. Cool. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, first on the secret lab, that place is Shangri-La. It's not the place that it is in. Richard's Secret Lab is Shangri-La. <laughs> so if you're looking to find Nirvana, you go there. <laughs> but he does he does make it mobile. You can find it every now and then in a different state. You just gotta just gotta stay tuned. Um, and I just like to add to what Benny was saying. I mean, it's absolutely um, something that is trainable. Um, you just gotta keep working at it. And you know, once you learn proper form, that really just plants the seeds of growth for your endurance base. Um, really what Richard basically sells all of us on is that um, proper form requires the least amount of mechanical work and it's basically like the optimal um, point of growth in terms of just energy usage and um, the amount of work. So once you get the proper form, like you could just go on. Uh. Started cutting out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Okay, great. So, um, yeah, and I remember, like, 
Benny and I, we had the same, uh, we had the same running clinic with Richard. You remember that, Benny? Yeah, I remember. Sorry. Yes, I remember. (laughs) So, I mean, I can definitely back him up on that. It's, and personally for me too, it's, I've just seen a whole ton of growth. I mean, before seeing Richard, I couldn't really break a, a 12 minute two mile. And, um, just last year I hit an 11:49. So, um, the growth definitely improves. You just got to stick with it, keep at it and you'll surprise yourself. Cool. Yeah, you'll be you'll be stoked big time. It just takes a lot of time. It's not like CrossFit where you're going to see, big, you know, obviously different yeah, different see. sort of use, but CrossFit you see big gains quick, you know, and then you kind of level yep. off, and from there it really becomes kind of like with running uh, an issue of of body mechanics, you know, like the only way you're going to be able to snatch 160 pounds over your head or you know potentially like one and a half times your body weight is when you start exhibiting good mechanics, you know, and that's uh it's just like with running. I mean. Initially, you're, you're, it just takes more time. It, it comes down to body mechanics and, and just being patient with it, you know. And, and as, you, as you stay patient, as you keep working through it, you'll notice big gains come, come race day, you know, come trial day and what have you. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the schedule of clinics come out then. Hopefully I can Me too. do one of them. Yeah. Definitely. Well, you're in Vegas, right? So who knows? We might have one in Vegas. I'm in Vegas. It's a fun town. Oh, fingers crossed. (laughs) Good vibes. Make it happen. I think uh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff got, Jeff got a cut off, but he's back now, and he actually had a pretty good question that he was about to ask. Wait a minute. Can I can I just chime in on Mindy's uh, comment first? Yes. We thought you were muted. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not now. Mindy. All right. Yes. Mindy. Yes. Yes, I'm here. All right, so here, let me offer you this. These guys offered some great feedback, but let me just tell you this. I think it's more pointed to your question. I have had an opportunity to work with a lot of people over the years, and what I find typical is that the return on the investment is relative to your state of affairs when we began. So I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that your fitness was never in question going into this project that you were pretty fit already. So it, it isn't a function of you getting fit. I'll get people that aren't fit and, and uh, start to introduce the right types of work, and they see profound changes really early. Now, as Alan was alluding to, getting under a two-mile, 12-minute uh, pace, so we're talking sub-six-minute pace. Now, I mean, in the room here, there's some guys that can do that, but that's not something you find real common. I mean, that's, that's moving along pretty well. And so if you drop 30 seconds over the course of a two-mile effort, that's a huge amount of difference. And these guys will attest to that. But in your case, I, I know I've had the advantage, obviously, enough of seeing the way you're moving. And I know that once you kind of open it up, when you finally feel the release of the way you're trying to flow, your cost factor is going to go down. Your speed's going to go up. It's going to be an aha moment. And it could happen tomorrow. It could happen a week from now. It may take a little while longer. I don't know. Um, but it's going to happen. It always does. So have faith. Stick with me. And by the way, as much as I'd love for you to come see me or attend a clinic, I have lots of people out there in the world that I've made some tremendous gains with that I never had a chance to meet. 
As a matter of fact, I have a, cli- a couple clients in Zimbabwe, Africa that I, you know, I'm not going to see them because I don't, I'm a little nervous about the lions uh, and they have lions where they run, <laughs> but um, they're doing great. I mean, their progress is amazing. I want to say hello to Sophie and Debbie. They're probably listening right now. A couple of female trail runners, ultra trail runners out there in, in Africa. Uh, I've got clients in Singapore. I've got clients in Barcelona. These are people that are, I'm never likely to meet as much as I'd like to. Now you're close. So, I'm not going to rule out the potential that you and I are going to meet, but uh, you just got to hang tough and, and we'll get you there. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome to stick around, Mindy. All right. I will. Jeff. Hey, I'm back. Sorry. All right. Come on, man. Quit fooling around. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. Hey, so, so what was the question? the question I was asking? The question I was asking when I got uh, disconnected earlier, um, so, you know, I've been focusing on my cadence, trying to hit the, stay on the 180 magic number, but this morning I was pretending like Houston has hills, and I was running up and down the ramps of a parking garage and the stairs, sort of alternating ramps and stairs. So my question is, if I'm going up and down stairs, um, does cadence matter at all? Should I worry about it at all, or should I just be trying to bomb up and down them as fast as I can go, irrespective of any cadence? That's a really good question. And so I would suggest to you that, number one, I would not allow myself to go below 180. Uh, if you're going to use it as a governor, uh, it's going to be appropriate. You don't want to try to adhere to 180 on the downhill or the uphill unless it's working for you. But you, what you don't want to do on the downhill is break. And if you could ride it, if you, could, if you can develop the momentum necessary to allow gravity to push you down the hill, go with it. Um, you know, you're, you're subject to a face plant, but you know, it's, that's, I have people doing downhill specific training. The focus is to learn, to find gravity, to find balance, to find agility. And I have clients hitting 220 on a downhill and that's okay with me because you have gravity at your back. It's your friend now. Now, in respect to going uphill, your cadence is going to tighten up a little bit, and you may very well increase your cadence, but realize that when you punch your cadence up, cost factor goes with it. It could get too expensive. You, could get, you can blow up when you get to the top. So managing near 180 would be a, a, a smart thing to try to do, but depending on the steepness of the hill and how much stride you can get away with, I think 180 is pretty safe. So what about, that makes sense on like the grades, the ramps. What if I'm actually in the stairwells on the stairs? Does cadence matter at all? Well, yeah, I think it does. I think going up, up, uh, up the stairs, well, realize that going downhill, first of all, whether it be stairs or otherwise, you still have gravity at your back. Now, if you can manage to get down the hill quicker and be okay with it, that's fine. But going up okay. the hill, I think trying to stay on a, a 180 cadence might not be a bad idea. It's just going to get you to become more adapted to uh, that, that frequency. And if, if you have a standardized process, we know that we're at 180 strides per minute. You can see the cost factor associated with it. So it gives you kind of a tool to determine whether you're getting better at it or not, if that makes any sense. So, for okay. example, if you're, going, if you're going up the stairs at 180 and it used to cost you 180 beats per minute, I mean, 100, yeah, 180 beats per minute, and now you're getting up the stairs at 180 stride frequency and it drops to 150, you're getting more economical. That means you're getting better at it. 
Um, so I think this, it's a reasonable approach. If you stick to the 180 on the uphill, um, go quicker if necessary. Are you feeling me? Yep, I think so. Makes sense. Okay. All right. All right. Anybody comments about that, guys, since we've got such an all-star panel here today? <laughs> Anybody? Uh, well, as, far as, as far as climbing is concerned, I think, well, are we talking about trails or are we talking about that Stairmaster? Well, Sorry, he's I was talking about going the, up a staircase because he, he lives in Flatland. He goes up staircases. Oh, the Flatland. You know, I mean, honestly, I feel like a, at least when I was – when I was training a lot for stadium races back in the day and my focus wasn't on like, you know, trail races or like really long endurance events, I just kind of focused on, on really making sure that regardless of the pace that I was moving at, you know, that it was, it was always consistent. Like I wasn't moving any faster or any slower um, uh, throughout the workout. I was always trying to maintain a consistent speed and making sure to be breathing and moving consistently. And with that being said, you also have to consider like if you're moving up staircases, it's going to vary from place to place, you know, like the width and the angle of a stairmaster staircase versus like that of stadium steps at a college or a parking lot building or something like that kind of varies. And so you're the angle or like the, the length of your stride, so to speak, moving up those stairs or it might be wider or might be shorter, depending on how narrow those steps are, you know? So I think at the end of the day, a big part of it is going to be just making sure that you're staying consistent. If you start feeling yourself, you know, kind of lagging behind, so to speak, or, or getting um, lackadaisical with your, with your form or with your breathing, then take a second to, to allow for recovery, you know, or maybe when you finish that set, take it, take it slow when you're coming down those steps. And in general, I mean, when we talk about hill training and MSDs and what have you, we want to make sure to give ourselves ample recovery by the time we come down so that that way we can hit that climb hard again. You know, um, while we're talking about this, Jeff, the unfortunate end of it was when we were in Dallas, we didn't have much of a hill to play with. When we travel to other parts of the country and even here in California, we usually have some really nice terrain to play with and we're able to experiment uh, individually with people in respect to what would be most efficient for them on the downhills or uphills. That's what I had planned or what Miguel and I had planned for uh, the Dallas trip. We just were minus a hill. We should have went to where you were and used the, the stadium stairs or something. Dallas but, is mountainous uh, compared to Houston. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's get something. Oh, by the way, uh, I think we, no we just got one Paul Prisco in here too, by the way. Yeah, I'm going to grab him. Uh, no one yet has mentioned what their resolution was short of Jeff. So bear in mind, I want you to start thinking about it right now because I'm going to ask you in a little bit. Hey, Paul. <laughs> hey, Richard. How are you? I'm well. G- glad to hear that your little baker cyst has gone away. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a pleasant surprise. So good to start hitting those inclines again. Cool. Talk to us about what your resolution and your plans are for 2017. Okay. Well, um, I'll, I'll throw two out there because one is last year at Killington, I DNF'd my first race, the Ultra Beast. Um, so I have some unfinished business to take on a couple of Ultra Beasts this year, New Jersey in April, and then again September in Vermont. And um, I, I could say now it was a blessing in disguise getting uh, injured at that race because I uh, 
finally said, all right, it's time to meet with Richard face-to-face and um, have really been focusing on my cadence and my midfoot strike. And uh, I know going into a race of that kind of distance that it's going to be crucial for me to do that and stay healthy. So um, looking for a healthy season, I guess, is one of those resolutions too. That's a reasonable request. Hey, Miguel. I think, I think we, yeah. What's your resolution for 2017? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> resolution. Uh, professionally... Don't talk to me about weddings and stuff. Just someone hear the resolution. Resolution. <laughs> oh, well, wedding, weddings are, are a while out, out the, that's a while. That's going to be at least a year, so let's not talk about it. Uh, resolutions, I want to hit 100 miles at World's Toughest Mudder. That's my resolution. I've been I've been wanting that since uh, day one of ever even considering that race when I when I first saw that little promotional video they put together. So I want to hit 100 miles, and whether it's you know the year of perfection like they had this year in terms of perfect weather and nice obstacles and everything, or whether it's another year of the sandstorm, I want to hit 100 miles. So that's my resolution. That's a fair Simple. one, M- Mindy. Have you have any designs on going along like that, Mindy? Nope. Mindy. She might have dropped off. She well, she's still there. Mindy. She just, she must have left the room. Sorry. Come oh, on, Mindy. Responding to my touch. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. We can hear We're you. We're live, Mindy. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. My my phone wasn't responding. I was trying to pick up. Um, my For this year, my resolution, really, I want to get my running form down, and I want to do a trifecta. I don't really have any desires to run 100 miles. <laughs> Sounds like just crazy to me, um, but the it's trifecta sounds good. I, I always like, you know, um, the combination of functional fitness and running that Spartan challenges you with. To me, like that's the ultimate. If you can run fast and lift your body up and do heavy stuff in the middle, like that's it to me. I love it. Okay, cool. Fair enough. Yeah. I, can I tell you something? I have no designs on running 100 miles in 24 hours this year either. <laughs> it's just off the and radar. That's kind me. of torturous. It's a life changing experience to run in a sandstorm and run a lot. I'm just going to let you guys all know that. It's it's totally good for the soul. Bad for the body, oh. good for the soul. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> How about any, anybody else? Benny, you got any designs on trying to go that far? Uh, definitely not 100 miles. Um, I mean, a long mileage. I, I am trying to increase my weekly mileage, um, but I, I'm not really focusing on mileage because I run, like, straight mountains out here, so it's more just kind of time on my feet or time with my heart rate in that zone. Um, so that that's um, that's kind of in general my focus. It's not really my New Year's thing. My New Year's thing is kind of a, a, a double thing. One is travel less because it, I, I traveled so freaking much uh, last year that I'm kind of burnt and I wasn't able to be as consistent with training at all. I mean, I literally, I trained twice in December because of going to Phoenix for my girlfriend's, her family does holidays like, like they need their own movie. So we're there like weeks in advance for Christmas and New Year's and, um, and I just, I I'm not as consistent when I travel, but, um, and then the other one is, um, something that I just forgot. What the crap? 
Take another um, bite off your pizza. When you get to it, you can call me. Yeah, okay. okay good. <laughs> That's the there you go. All right, so oh, Alan. No, no, no. I remember. I remember. I remember. Uh, you guys know the um, the show, the selection that, that Ryan Kent's on, right? And Macaulay were on. Yeah. So uh, I've been watching that show, and I it is like it's taking me to weird mental places just watching it. And so I, I as much as I hate that kind of crap, like I look at that, and I'm like, no, I don't even sign up for. Like I live about two hours from where. Um, Breckenridge is uh, where they do the Spartan race, and I'm not even doing them because it's going to be cold. Like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do things that are uncomfortable and, like, that I don't want to do and blah, blah, blah. So I just don't do it. But there's something about this that's, that's making me want to kind of, kind of see that side of myself. So I think I'm going to do Kokoro Camp this year. Um, um, I'm starting it off with a with a hurricane heat with Macaulay Cracker here – or Crocker, sorry – um, at a Spartan race here in Colorado, so it's, it's I guess it's to uh, test myself in that side because athletically it's really easy to just go out and be like, oh, I gave it my all. But um, this crap that they're doing to to the guys on the selection looks looks pretty crazy. Yeah, well, that's you know my son is in the military. I might have told you this, and essentially what it is is it's a it's kind of a knockoff of Sears School. And if you're not familiar with that, it's survival evasion. Um, blah 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 but it's basically about their version is about three weeks and it's about ten times uglier than what they show you on the selection and my kid had to go through that and I felt so sorry for him because I mean it's it's a serious beat down it's a serious beat down and he did it and doesn't get to talk about it and uh, I, I, I don't know not me I don't want to do that yeah yeah, that's that's normally me, but uh, I don't I don't really have it figured out yet. And I'm talking to Ryan, I'm talking to Macaulay, and trying to figure it out mentally because for some weird reason I'm drawn to it, but I cannot even like lo- I, I can't logic a, a, a sentence out of my mouth that explains why. So I'm kind of trying to figure that out. All right, we got somebody else on the horn here. A couple other people, and I know you guys are all kind of friends. So let's let's bring this guy on and see if you can say hello to him. Hey Jack. Hey Richard, what's going on? Hey. I got your buddies. I got your buddies oh, on the I hear Benny and Alan. What's going on, guys? What's up, Jack? Hey. So Jack, um, we got a house full of people here, and we want to know what your resolutions are for uh, 2017. Um, I would say my biggest resolution for. 2017 is to work on my mental game because there's so much more than just being physically. If if you aren't there ready mentally, you're not going to be able to win races. Like I I know a lot of my workouts, I'm, I'm killing it for times, but then I'll get to a race and I just won't perform how I expect to. And you know, it's, it's pretty frustrating, but I know that uh, a lot of people have said that they've had their breakthrough once they, they get over that mental hump. So I think that I'm going to try to, work on that the most um and obviously keep improving my physical uh fitness but i think mental fitness is the biggest thing for me Rich, you know what the, Rich, you that, know what the trick is that's, the trick go ahead there that's just his fancy way of saying he wants to get his curse win against me <laughs> hey, hey if you want to face me in 100 meters like we were gonna i'll i'll make sure that's my first one <laughs> okay so 
No, we saw so what you got to do? <laughs> what you got to do is you got to eat, eat raw meat, Jack. Yeah. Raw yeah. meat. That'll that'll bring your attitude up. <laughs> Wait, what? What? I want you to eat raw meat. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Just like a hyena. <laughs> got to get your hyena powers together. Yeah, absolutely. Hyenas eat rotten meat. What what kind of what kind of tips do you have on that, Richard? Just curious. <laughs> like mental getting mental? over that mental hump. Scotch and Cuban cigars. And that'll help my running. <laughs> it's gonna add to your testosterone. It's gonna cause you to man up. Do I do I do it during a race or only before? You know, it's funny you say that because I have a, an old friend of mine, and, and he he wouldn't mind me telling you the story. Because, um, well, first of all, now marijuana is legal, right? Yeah. But back in the day, when I was uh, sporting that porn stash that you guys love so much, um, we were training. We were training together. My roommate was uh, about a 240 marathoner, 240, 235 marathoner. And I had not seen this guy in almost uh, 35 years, and he came to visit me. And we were sitting down over a glass of scotch and chatting, and he's still running a lot. But uh, he qualified for Boston at the uh, – uh, it was uh, it was a marathon somewhere out on the West Coast. But he had his daughter – and by the way, his daughter is probably about 24 years old – had her drop him off at the finish line. He smoked two joints. The gun went <laughs> off. He The gun went off. And she met him at the halfway point and gave him two more joints, and he smoked those while he was running. And he quali- qualified for Boston. He ran like a wow, 310 or something like that. Holy crap. Uh, oh, my God. Well, and, that, and, that has a perfect uh, success ratio right now, so I guess maybe I'll try it. What, what I got to tell you, you is he – the beer mile. What if they have the weed mile? <laughs> he, lives, he lives on Maui, so he grows his own weed. And I'm sure this stuff is like elephant tranquilizers, but uh, at uh, over it was 55 year old guy smoked four joints during a marathon and broke. Uh, I think it was like a 305, 310 marathon. Oh my god! All right, so who else? We got somebody else in the room here. Hold on, dude. I mean, I, we got a grip of people. I, Richard, I, I had one more question on on topic. Okay. Um, you, you know, because you just mentioned the mustache. Um, my other resolution would be if if I grew a mustache like you used to have, how much could I expect to improve? Oh, leaps and bounds. Leaps and bounds. Okay. Jack, you got to dye your hair black, though. <laughs> that that probably won't work for me, but. <laughs> no, you do. If he dyes his hair black, then the carpets won't match the drapes. <laughs> Benny, we're racing, so, we're racing today. I thought we were trying to keep this PG. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm talking about his floral design, okay? All right. All right. Let's Thanks. move on. Thanks, Richard. Yeah, you're welcome. Let me give the mic to Jeremy Parker. He's in Ohio. Hey, Richard. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Yep. I'm doing good. So getting a little snow here and just getting home from work now. Talk to me. What's going on for the world's toughest mutter? Oh, man, so uh did that in 2015, and that was a uh, humbling experience, to say the least, to realize my training just really wasn't uh, what I made myself believe it was. 
uh, got into RA training soon after that. I really wanted to uh, get better and in 2016 doing that. I uh, got about 1,000 miles behind me, and uh, the plan for this year is just to build on that some more. So that's about where I'm at. How's it going for you? So far, it's, it's been pretty good. Uh, I started out, and I just kind of made a typical mistake of overestimating my uh, aerobic threshold a little bit. And, um, you know, so I was running just a couple beats, beats per minute too high. And uh, after I adjusted that, it's really it's really improved for me a lot. So, you know, been, that really matters. I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because – I have seen on many, many different occasions a difference of five beats per minute could be the difference between day and night for a lot of people. So it's, it's, it's important to identify that it's, it's better to be conservative than, than overestimating. Yeah, definitely. I, I learned that firsthand. Uh, I knocked my threshold down about five or six beats per minute, and it was really just a world of difference. So, so you got you're in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yes, I am. I, I'm just north of there. I'm about 20 miles north. Um, yeah, pretty much to tell Cincinnati because there's Cincinnati, there's Columbus and Cleveland, and that's about the only places in Ohio that people uh, will recognize. Right. Well, you know, I'm looking. We're looking to come there in April, I believe. Right. I saw you know that. I think Chris uh, Shatman told me about that. Late April, that's I right. think. Yep. You coming? Yeah. Yeah, definitely plan to be there. So cool. I want to check that out for sure. Well, tell about 50 friends because it's going to cost us to get out there. We need we need people to to get on board. We're probably okay, going to post. Great. The, I was going to say we're going to post the registration here in a couple of days. Oh, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, we have a uh, kind of a localish group, you know, to Cincinnati that do a lot of obstacle racing or trail racing, whatever. And uh, I'll definitely be sure to pass that along. I appreciate that wholeheartedly. Miguel. Yes, sir. I've been I've been manning the phones. I know you are. You're doing great. Switchboard operator extraordinaire. Hey Paul, we're gonna come <laughs> out and see you in Vermont too, right? Paul, you Absolutely. still there? Yes I so, am. Coming in July, right? Yeah, yeah. You're in Connecticut, right? Yes I am. Yeah, we're hoping to come out there and shave uh uh, Patrick's chest again. Because <laughs> I didn't get enough watching the video again this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know, Laura Messner ma- mentioned that that uh, she had the video someplace, and, of course, I kept it, so I, I posted it for him. Of course you did. Such a I nice guy like this. that. So, Mindy, why is it that you're the only female in the room? I don't know. Question: Where is everybody? You know what? They're that scared is the of question. Me. You're the only one that was brave enough to come on here. <laughs> <laughs> we hey, have, well, I, just wait, hold on, hold on, Mindy. Just so that you know, <laughs> we have representation right now um, from Houston, Texas, Colorado, Las Vegas. Uh, Jeff is in. Uh, you're in Houston, aren't you, Jeff? Jeff, yep. Yep. Houston, yep. and Paul is in Connecticut, and we have uh, Jeremy who's in Ohio, and Jack, yep. you're in Colorado. You're Colorado Springs, right? 
Yeah, I just moved from Houston this summer, and now I'm living with Benny, basically. Really? Yeah, you, unfortunately. That must be, that must be really difficult. <laughs> you dissed me, Jack. <laughs> just a, it's just a bundle of energy, 24-7. Mindy, oh, I yeah. think you should try to... Mindy, you should try out for that, that NBC race. What NBC race are you talking about? Tell her about it, Benny. Yeah, hey, Mindy. Are you talking, talking about the Spartan Challenge, the team challenge? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I watched that last season. Benny got paid. Yeah, you know that, right? Wait, are, are they doing it again? Is that is that something yeah. that's going on? They're doing another? Did yeah. I miss out on that while being the Swiss board Oh, yeah, dude, you, must been, you must have been man in the phone. Because, yeah, dude, was. Um, that, was, that was my Spartan news. Was there, uh, we're filming again for season two in April, and uh, I got a call from the casting director saying, get your team together and kind of get ready. So this was kind of my shout-out to anybody who wants to be on the show to start thinking about what angle you want to take in your submission video so that you can get on there. Can I be yeah, on your Colorado team? team. <laughs> yeah, Rich, I um, I, I'd like to get paid again, so I'm gonna have to pass on that one. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, on that note though, I I'm gonna be right back. I gotta let my dog poop, so I'll be right back. Right. <laughs> Thank you for that. I I actually um I have a I have a pretty good question um that I that I'm asking on behalf of a friend who might not be able to make it. But would you mind if I ask this, guys? Sure. So this is from our from our boy Johnny Luna, um, who's up in in the Sacramento area. You know, he listened to the podcast that you did with uh, Matt Fitzgerald, and you were apparently dogging on Nordic tracks, saying that you don't like them because they get too steep. But if someone's preparing for something like a sky running race, which is you know anywhere between ten to eighteen miles long, with like eighteen or with like eight thousand feet of gain, I mean, you're bound to hit some long, steep climbs that you got to power hike through. So I mean, like if you're trying to replicate that kind of a race. Shouldn't you be doing it with with a Nordic track? And then on top of that, you know, uh, those kind of workouts, if you're trying to replicate the race conditions, you also want to be trying to gauge that based on, like, your heart rate or what would you want to be doing? What in the Lord is that? What's that noise? Somebody stop making that noise. Oh, sorry. I'm driving, and it was my windshield wipers. Oh, okay. I'll put it on you. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, that's a really good question. And I think that the appropriate answer is if your game is to to do something that's going to cause you to be at those steep elevations, clearly you need to do it because it's challenge-specific. Um, my argument with that type of treadmill is people that aren't even remotely interested in doing a sky race or getting into those type of environments are using this as a, as a mode of preparing for these shorter-distance races. And what happens is when you get to that particular angle, you inhibit uh, normal or appropriate postural function when you're running. So you're not making yourself a better runner. You're learning how to suffer, but you're not learning how to be a better runner. So I guess in all of this, there's always going to be the other side of things. And that, that what you just referred to is the other side of things. I think it's in that case, if I was trying to get ready for a sky race, and I didn't have the ability to get in the environment that I need to race on, then I would absolutely suggest that that, you know, steep angled treadmill is a good idea. And maybe I'm just, this is just me spitballing, but maybe also doing it kind of starting with 
not the 40% incline, you know, maybe only start at 20% and, and from there slowly increase the angle as far as training goes. So that way you could still work on your, on your good running form and, you know, also coincidentally learn how to suffer a little better. Well, I think there's two things. There's, there's, you're trying to learn to run better and you trying to learn to suffer on a real steep hill. And I think it needs to be bled into your training and it needs to be progressively bled into your training at greater lengths. Um, it's a function of periodization. It's just like uh, if you know that you're doing uh, an event that's going to cause you to have to climb over a wall, somewhere along the way you're going to need to get better at climbing over the wall. You're going to have to do it. So, it, again, I refer to it as being challenge-specific, something that needs to be done. And But, again, just across the board, here's what I think. A lot of people see Matt Novakovich on his 40-degree or 50-degree treadmill, and they all try to mimic that. And I just don't think that it's appropriate in many regards. That's what I'm saying. So we lost Miguel into the green room again. So while he's gone, anybody got something? Anybody got a question, answer, thought process? I've got, Richard, this is Jack. I've got another question for you. Um, right. So I, I got my VO2 max tested with you um, last year. I did the metabolic assessment and I, I moved to elevation, so honestly, I don't know if, if that's going to be the same levels for my different thresholds as they were last year. But just for argument's sake, let's pretend they are, um, or they're the same as before. Um, so, say some days my aerobic threshold or my aerobic threshold is at 160, but my legs are just dead. I can't, I just can't do anything to go fast enough to get my heart rate above 160. Um, I know you're supposed to spend about 80-20 aerobic versus anaerobic. What happens if I can only muster up the energy to do like a 150 heart rate where it's not even in the aerobic zone? Is that just a complete wasted day in that case? No, or? no, no, not okay. at all. Not at all. Actually, what happens is, and this is interesting because uh, Elijah Malstrom actually sent me uh, a question on that same topic a while ago. Uh, well, yesterday. <laughs> and he asked a similar question. He goes, you know, if I was like going to set out for a 90 minute, 150 beat per minute aerobic workout, would it not be better to go longer, like a couple hours or so? Oh, wait a minute. Let me rephrase that. He said 45 minute aerobic workout versus a 90 minute workout at lower heart rates. What would be more beneficial? And I think the answer to that question is it's a function of caloric expense and the percentage of fat utilization. So hmm. and it may turn out in the math that if he went longer at the slower heart rate, he got more return on the investment. Where uh, absent the opportunity to do that, he would probably do better with the shorter duration, a little bit more higher heart rate, assuming that the, both of the heart rates are still aerobic. Does that make sense? Yeah, my, my question was, what if you are below that aerobic? Like, I'm aerobic from 160 yeah, so to 170. It, like, if, 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 okay, it's just not in yeah, that, you know, certain fat utilization ratio range. Well, so look, I, what I try to do is I try to find the greatest return on the investment. And so if you're going to stay within an hour of training um, or, or um, even a 90-minute workout, I want to get as much I want to get as much training effect as possible, and so going at the lower, lower, lower intensities, even though it's still aerobic and maybe even higher aerobic, 
you don't get quite the same training effort or training effect. So I try to shove the window up a little bit tighter and keep people at a higher end aerobic potential. But to answer your question, no, you're not, you're not wasting your time by being at 150 versus 160 or even 140 versus 160 for that matter. But I, I would suggest to you that the lower the heart rate gets, the longer you should go. If you're focusing okay. yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that, that's basically what I've, the philosophy I've had, so I'm glad to hear you say that. Right. And by the way, when you start noticing you can't get your heart rate up, uh, odds are that your body needs some recovery. Yeah, and that, that's what I usually do. If if I'm feeling like crap, I'm I'm taking you know 30 minutes on the bike, and that's about it that day, just so I can feel better the next good workout later in the week. Okay, look, I got uh, I got somebody else on the yeah. line here, and we've only got about we seven got minutes. Let's... Hey, Johnny, how are you, man? How you doing, Rich? I'm good. You know, I was wondering what happened to you. Yeah, uh, I got a bit quiet for some time. School got real stressful, and you know. <laughs> I thought you went to Brazil. Um, yeah, I did go, but only for a week, right after Thanksgiving, to visit my grandpa. Um, but uh, I was I was in town. I was just uh, doing my best to recover my shin and uh, just focus on school. So, how's your shin now? Um, I'm slowly getting back into the swing of things, so I'm really happy about that. The doctor said, um, it's pretty much healed as much as it it will heal, so he gave me a go to slowly get back into the swing of things, so I have a plan made with throughout the next four months to get back to running normal. Wow. Wow. And so are you doing this real – did you go out and buy yourself a Nordic track? No, no, no. Um, just this summer, I have planned um, to make a trip to Europe with Cole Shorts. Nice. She's working with um, And there, there we have scheduled a couple of sky races and a Spartan race. So you're going to go from an injured shin to sky racing? <laughs> It's over the summer, so I figured with correct preparation and time and, you know, I'll make the decision, like, when the time comes. I'm not going to – if I if I don't feel like I'm ready, like, I'm not going to hop into the sky race. That's good to hear. What about uh, what yeah. about uh, stuff at the Savage Barn? Are you still uh, busy there? Uh I really have to slow it down because um, I just transferred to a new school. So uh, it got really busy there, and um, I really had to focus so I could keep up with the sport. All right. Well, I've got people uh, asking uh, me if I'm coming back up to the Savage Barn, and I thought you were in Brazil. Oh, uh, no. I'm in town. Uh, but, yeah, it would be awesome to do another event. Um I'm I'm going to start back up in the next month or so with training training people so to say yeah and yeah it'd be great to have you out here again Well we're 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 uh, I'm healed from the drive so that might might be something we'll think about 
I heard you're flying uh, up next time. <laughs> well, that was my <laughs> that was my thought as I was driving home last time. You know, it just what a sucky drive that is. Yeah, it gets but, pretty boring at times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get into the you get into that uh that flatland where all you hear is uh, Mexican bible music. Yeah. And I just couldn't do it again. Yeah. All right, so look, we got uh, looks like somebody else on the line. We've only got about 3 minutes left before we're going to shut this down, guys. So, if you got something you want to share, you better start thinking yeah. about it now. And hey, I want to make a question. Sure... Yeah, go. It's uh it's Jeremy. Um, so okay. I listened to your podcast a few weeks ago about uh, lactate training, and okay. the the focus was to do it pretty much uh, in an interval format. And uh, I kind of had the question opposed to that: would it be okay to do that as a more steady state effort, or what? What would be the reasons for us to do it with an interval? Uh, format opposed to doing a, maybe a longer steady state effort as long as uh, mechanics and all that are kept in check and then uh, also as we develop those pathways um, how should we progress those intervals that's a really good question um, I prefer the intervals simply because I, uh, it's it's uh, it's less cumbersome and less detailed when you when you drop your heart rate down and get a gulp of air that little bit of oxygen helps to supplement the need to flush the lactate out of the muscle at least a little bit so that you have some growth as opposed to getting so acidic that it starts to become debilitating. Um, But if you, if you really have a good sense of what your threshold is and you know kind of where you are from an RQ perspective relative to your heart rate, then you could certainly do it. You could, I mean, for example, let's find, let's say, for example, that your threshold, uh, let me be more clear. Let's say you have a respiratory quotient of 1.0. You're now at that window where you're starting to go into sugar. Banging stuff around. Stop it. Um, so when, when you get to that point, I would not like to see you sit right there. I'd like to see about five beats above it. But let's just say that your perception was that you're, you are five beats above it but you're really 10 beats above it. Uh, and then what ends up happening is that you just get so toxic that you're not really getting the same value of the workout. Okay. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, yeah. I was just kind of curious about the why we chose one opposed to the other, so that, that definitely clears it up. Well, now I realize that I'm talking to an audience that may we, maybe we don't have uh, this, this you know real tight information on them where when I test somebody – if you said, look, I want to do a steady-state workout, I could tell you what heart rate to do it at because right. I'd know. If I tested you, I'd know. Um, right. All right, listen, guys. And I'll probably uh, do that in April. <laughs> we, got, yeah. we got one more. We got William from Tucson that I, that I think we should get to. He's got, he's got right, a great William. question and a really cool resolution. All right, William, go for it. Yes, well, in 2017, I'm going to be turning 60 years old. And my goal is to run a sub-three-hour marathon one last time. How far away are you from it? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a ways away from it right now. It's been several years since I was able to do that. I'm able to run a sub-25 pace, but I, it, you know, whenever I do any speed work, I end up you know, getting injured. It's my muscles and my connective tissue are the weak link 
I still have a good cardiovascular system. Just a few years ago, my VO2 max was tested, and it's it's still over 60. It's dropped okay. from close to 70 back when I was in my 30s, but right now it's probably right around 60. Cool. Hold on one second, guys. Um, I got Just, a, uh, did it stop recording? I got a feeling we're going to be kicked out of the, the studio here in a second. But uh, assuming that you could still hear me, William, uh, I, I wish you the best you. of luck. I wish you the best of luck with that. I think that uh, given that you're 60 years old and you're still blowing a 60 VO2 score, you probably got a pretty good shot at it. Um, and I would recommend that you look up Joe Frail's new book on training over 50. I think that that's okay. a really good book for guys that are that are getting up on age. Listen, everybody, I wish you the best in the new year. I'm sure I'm going to see most of you soon. And for those of you that are interested in following us on the 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 uh, clinic trail to find out where we're going to be, go to the naturalrunningcoach.net, naturalrunningcoach.net. And I'm sure I'm going to see most of you soon. Um, but I wish you all the best in the new year. And, Miguel, it's time to say goodbye to all our friends and family. Happy New Year, guys. Goodbye, and we'll see you on the trail. All right. All right. Thanks, take, guys. Take care, folks. All right, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Did everyone get their get their question answered? By the way, was there anyone else that that, uh, that didn't get it answered? They can email me. Where we go? <laughs> yeah, there you go. If not, <laughs> if not, shoot Rich an email. Yeah, I don't have control over this. They're going to kick us out of the the studio here in a second. Oh, it'll literally <laughs> it'll just boot us out. That's good to know. Yep, it sure will. All right, guys. Okay. Best to you. Talk to you soon. Be sure to listen to the NaturalRunningNetwork.com. Right. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Yeah.